Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for correcting my English with stinks. I am Nanja Ibuko, exchange student from Cameroon. <laughs> a handsome guy and you know the plans he's making his only expertise is making a fuss of everything he sees he lives a life no one would ever believe and which is why they call Oh yeah! Welcome back, everybody. Just got out of the city, 2023. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> oh, how about that opening theme? You gotta be. Listen, I apologize in advance. I, It's one of those things like, I'm like, is this going to be annoying every week? And I know it is. And of course, that is the comedy. And I look at it like this all the time. If it keeps making me laugh after I've heard it, then I stick with it. It's like when I would put together, and I guess I'll continue to do it the, uh, you know, previously on Just Got Out of the City. And I'd put together the 30 second to one minute thing. And then at the end of it, if it makes me laugh, then I say, well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> I figure if it makes me laugh, it's going to make you laugh. Why else would you listen to a show that we all don't find we're not on the same page? So anyway, <laughs> we, we can make a decision down the line. We might not have to keep it for a year. But for now, the opening theme, just go in the city. Maybe we make a mixture, mixture of the bunch. Anyway, uh, nice to meet you. Nice to uh, see you again, rather. Hopefully nice. Maybe nice to meet a lot of people. I, maybe we got some new listeners this year. Maybe people said in their resolutions, they would be like, you know, I'm going to spend 2023 listening to a lot of Just Gow in the City. I'm really going to get into Just Gow in the City this year because it's important. And it's important to know what's going on. In New York City, and most importantly, in Dave Juskow's life. And why wouldn't it be? So it is nice to see everybody again. Now, I am recording this on New Year's Eve because I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, well, it's ridiculous to talk about New Year's Eve a week after New Year's Eve. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, I've been kind of enjoying a little mini vacation. You know, I've been working and everything. So... It's been nice doing nothing. And I know I do nothing a lot, so I'm not complaining or anything. It's just been nice. And what I was thinking, I was like, well, do I want to record it January 1st, Sunday, January 1st, when I assume, I mean, if history has taught us anything, I will be hungover. And then football is all day. And what, am I going to sit here at 1 o'clock and pretend 
it's not bothering me that the games are going on. So it's and plus I have a you know a dream that I don't think is going to happen. But if I go out tonight, am I going to stay up all night and then maybe go to the Giants game because I don't have to work on a Sunday? So there was all these thoughts going around, and I'm like, well, see, then that's in, then you have something to put. But I'm obviously can't tape it on Sunday. So the only day I could tape it, record it, and put it out would be Monday. And that's just like, well, that sucks because I have a Monday off. Well, you know what I mean. It's a, and then I'm like, all right, so I record it on Monday, I put it on Monday, then I go to work. And then we usually, I usually record the show on Friday, and it comes out Tuesday. So then, you know, who does anything the day after New Year's? You know, what, what, what is there going to be a lot happening by the time I record on Friday? So I'm like, eh, let's leave it. Let's just record it now. I'm in the mood because yesterday I didn't sleep. And I'll tell you all that, of course, coming up. And, I, you know, I'll tell you something. I'm going to take a little sip of coffee here. I finally made coffee in my coffee machine. I haven't made coffee in, I don't know, two years, maybe since the pandemic. Uh, since the pandemic was technically over. I don't know. I, you know, I go, I go to Dunkin' Donuts now. Because, and and now I realize, I, now I just have leftover K-cups that I haven't used in a long time. And they are 8 o'clock coffee. Because 8 o'clock coffee beans are the greatest beans of all time to make the true 8 o'clock coffee. A&P cares about coffee, every single bean. So we keep the richness of our 100% Brazilian 8 o'clock coffee nature seal in whole beans until it's ground to your order. It keeps 8 o'clock's Brazil bright flavor alive like no can can. 8 o'clock's live flavor. Always a money saver at A&P and A&P's A-Mart food stores. Now 69 cents a pound of the three pound bag for $1.99. A&P cares about coffee and about you. And since it was 1 o'clock, I figured, well, why not have the 8 o'clock coffee? <laughs> I don't know why they call it 8 o'clock coffee because really... Is eight o'clock? I guess it's eight o'clock. I don't know why they call it eight o'clock coffee. That's a good reason. But at eight o'clock coffee has been around for years, and I bought the K cups. And I got to say, it's it's goddamn delicious. the The problem that I stopped using the K cups was because I wasn't getting wound up from it the way I get from Dunkin' Donuts coffee. But what I realized is I prefer this coffee. And and what I realized is Dunkin' Donuts coffee kind of sucks. And I think people know that. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some people that really worship Dunkin' Donuts coffee. But I think people know Dunkin's isn't that great. And, they, and, and we all, I think everybody's in agreement that Starbucks coffee, the coffee itself, is not very good. But we enjoy their other things like lattes and cappuccinos and stuff. I, I, I don't meet a lot of people that, oh my God, I love Star, Starbucks coffee. Like people don't buy Starbucks coffee a lot for their house. They'll buy Dunkin' Donuts coffee for their house. So I don't know, these mass-produced coffees, I mean, I'm drinking a mass-produced coffee, but I'm for some reason, this is a lot less bitter, it's much tastier, and Dunkin' Donuts, I realize, kind of sucks, but we know what I do, the most important event is actually the act of going out, interacting with people, because I haven't, sometimes I don't leave the house, and I've been doing that because of this little mini-vacation, and it's a mini-vacation because... The last day of my work was technically was Wednesday, December 21st, right? So then, and I'll go through everything. I was off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because I took a, a personal day Saturday. 
then off for the holiday on Sunday, Christmas, and the illegal holiday on Monday. So I did have to go back to work Tuesday, Wednesday, but then again, I'm off Thursday to Tuesday. So these little two mini vacations have been quite delightful. And I said, well, I'm not going to go get done. I'm not going to go out to get, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a break from the routine. And my routine ain't that great. So to take a little break from it isn't too bad. But, but, but that's the thing. The Dunkin' Donuts coffee does wind me up, and I enjoy the cups. I don't like regular coffee cups, like ceramic coffee cups, although I do enjoy it at the diner only. But here I put it in a little Rutgers mug, and I am not hating this, but I like. Well, I used to like the styrofoam cups. Those were the best, but I can't use that anymore. Can't get a plastic bag. What the hell happened to us as a society? I used to like when they put McDonald's hamburgers in the styrofoam. I used to like the Dunkin' Donuts, the styrofoam. And quite frankly, Dunkin' Donuts can suck it too in that sense. That styrofoam, at least you could hold on to the cup and it wouldn't burn your hands. Now when I carry it home three blocks, it, it burns my hands. And they don't offer slip covers like Starbucks does. I'm getting really tired of Dunkin' Donuts. So like I said, I kind of like the staff in there. and Which is odd because you know you can go to a lot of Dunkin' Donuts where the staff just sucks. But these ladies are all right. They know my order. It's kind of exciting. Large or medium today? Now, that is a horrible accent because it's a woman. So otherwise, it would be brilliant. I actually have my window open today. Oh, my God, that's right. I got so much to tell you guys. This is so insane. Well, I guess we'll just start it off. We've talked about coffee for 10 minutes. What a great way to start the new year. But it is kind of like, why not talk about coffee to start off the show? Because you start off your morning with coffee. We're starting off the new year talking about coffee. Why wouldn't we? Hey. Hey. Listen, tonight, I am going to go to the Comedy Cellar. I'm back. I've been going there the last two Wednesdays. I've been having a good time. And Noam, the owner, last time I was there on Wednesday, said, Dave, where, what are you doing for New Year's? Come here. We're ordering from El Molino, which is a very expensive Italian restaurant. Come here and eat with us. Sit at the table. And I go, I got a seat at the table? I'm like, you know, I'll let you know. Because I was thinking about going to Memo's place, the pinball play, and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't know anybody. I mean, I, if I had nothing to do, I was going to go there. But now I got something to do. And then I looked up the lineup, and the lineup is my old school friends. Plus, I've been doing comedy the last two weeks, so I feel like a comic again, and I haven't been working. So I feel like I'm back in the good pattern. But remember, this was in six months since I've had this job, and I knew that I needed to get back into a pattern. Like, I knew I wasn't going to be doing comedy until the end of the year. That was my plan in my head. I said, I got to get acclimated to all this. And now that I'm six months in, I think I can give everything a try. I think I can go back to some semblance of everything, whatever my life is, the comedy and the teaching and the this and the that and the who's and the what's and the so yes, it's all been about Caroline's. As we know, Caroline's has been closing. I've been there twice since we last saw each other. But I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start you off with this because this will be fun. Would we say my greatest podcasts from last year were either the the Kate one where she kicked me in the balls, punched me in the face, and bit me? We all enjoyed that one, or it would have to be me just hating on Geppetto from Pinocchio. I would say, as you have told me, those were my two greatest podcasts of 2022. So you know how much I hate Pinocchio and I hate Geppetto. So while we were gone, 
I watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and let me just say, it's much better. It's really good, and you don't hate Geppetto in this one, and I can tell you the exact reason why. So why do I hate Geppetto? Everybody knows. Because the guy, the guy gets this magical gift, which he doesn't deserve because he's an asshole. And in this one, he is an asshole. Like, it's like, it's just, they make him an asshole. So I'm, I'm good with this. But he gets this magical gift by some fairy godmother for so who knows what reason. Who, who knows what reason she bestowed upon this douchebag to get, well, I'm, I'm falling for it again. I'm getting angry. <laughs> I got to relax. And, you know, I'm always mad because he, he, he wakes up he's like, and then he's like, well, you'll be going to school. <laughs> and, you know, that makes me mad. Not only that he's sending him to school, why would you send a puppet to school? He's not walking him to school the first day. That's bad parenting, and that's... Okay, we've already been over this. We've already been over this. Anyway, in this Guillermo del Toro awesome stop-motion puppet show, which is really... It's kind of a puppet show about a puppet, which is interesting. It's much darker, and there is a complete reason why Geppetto must send Pinocchio to school. He's being threatened. I'm not taking away anything from him. I'm just telling you, and that's awesome. And remember, that's all I was looking for. I need a reason why you would send a puppet boy to school. So it's a very enjoyable, what, two hours, I guess. And then they also have a making of, which was really terrific. And it's another good movie from Guillermo del Toro, like Pan's Labyrinth. And I don't know what the hell else he's done, but it's good. Is he the one that did that movie that started with an R? I get him and the other Mexican director mixed up, which I guess is racist, but I don't mean to be. Benicio, no, I can't think of the guy. One, somebody did The Shape of Water, and somebody did Pan's Labyrinth. Now, I don't remember who. And then somebody did that movie that started with an R that was like the first Netflix movie to Roma, I think it was. So I'm getting them a little mixed up. And only because The Shape of Water is the worst movie I've ever seen am I angry about anything. So let's hope it's not that guy because I really like Guillermo del Toro. And he seems like a guy I'd like to meet one day and hang out with. I don't know why. And I'd like to introduce him to Memo, my Mexican, my other Mexican director friend. <laughs> so last Saturday, so we left. I finished talking to you on Friday, but it came out on Tuesday. So last Saturday, for some reason, we were doing Marina's podcast. I don't... I thought we were off for a couple of weeks, but we're doing Marina's podcast Saturday at 3 o'clock. Oh, because Friday, that's right, I go to bed at like 9.30 because my hours are so fu- fucked up from, you know, waking up at 5.30 in the morning and then going to bed late and all that kind of stuff. I went to bed at 9.30 at night on Friday. I don't know. You know, I was just exhausted or I was like going to take a nap and then maybe wake up at noon because I didn't have anything to do the next day and I was like thrilled about it. No recording. No Billy Joel, and I was that's why I was kind of angry that Marina wasn't, but I'm like, ah, I'm not doing anything. Who cares? I'm I go to bed and my doorbell rings. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Me. It can't be that woman asking for the wine. No, it's two ridiculously hot girls <laughs> at my door, ironically, asking for a corkscrew. Everybody comes to my door looking for wine. So I've started uh, buying some and having it on hand for just such an emergency. So my two hot next door neighbors uh, come across and they're asking for a corkscrew and like, oh, we're sorry, we woke you at nine 
30 on a Friday, we thought it'd be cool. I'm like, no, you do you, 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 it is. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, I know what it was Saturday. Um, my sister brought over her cat for me to babysit, to cat sit. Saturday, I'm in the middle of Marina's podcast. The bell rings again. It's the hot girl bringing back the corkscrew, which is so nice. And I said, come in. I'm doing a live podcast. Come on in. <laughs> and so there is... Yeah, I guess we can find her because it's on Marina's podcast. You can see her. I told, made her look into the... I'm like, no, no, look. Let's see. I told you there really is somebody at the door. And she's like, oh, you're a comedian. And then I invited her to the show. And she was like, oh, I'm going out of town. But that'll be great. But yeah, her and her friend, it was so... Oh, God. When hot girls come to your door and you're not prepared, it is not good. But this time, at least I was... I think I was dressed. I don't know. You know, I think about it all the time now. Was I dressed right? Was my hair looking good? I don't remember. It's tough. And I gave her my number after. I'm like, just text me if you want to come over. <laughs> I can't stand the door. And this happened again the next night. And again, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Let's just go in order because it's easier for me so I don't miss anything. Yeah, so I must have been off that Saturday. My sister delivers the cat, her cat, which I decided the cat sit. And I fell in love with this cat. I mean, I already know the cat. It's my sister's cat. And I was, it was awkward having a cat in the house again. But that cat didn't come out of the closet. She just ran into the closet for two or three days. And I had the litter set up and I had the food set up in my kitchen where my cat used to eat it. And then I realized she wasn't coming out. So I'm going to move the litter box and the food to where she's not coming out of because I know she'll come out in the middle of the night. But sometimes when I would go like, come on out, she would come out for a little bit. But cats do not care for change. So I get it. And my brother-in-law told me she was a mess getting here in the car and all that stuff. Because they just, you know, get as soon as they see that bag, they get panicked. After a couple of days, it took a long time. If she put them on, on Saturday, I think it was the next Monday where she finally was kind of walking around. It took a while. She was coming by. She wasn't sleeping with me. She wasn't watching TV with me, and I was kind of bummed about that. But we definitely forged a bond in the 10 days she was here. And then when my sister took her back on Wednesday, I was in tears because I didn't know she was going to take her back that day. I went to work. I left. We had a great night on Tuesday. I know this is a little, you know, what what do you want me to tell you? You know I love... uh, I love my cat. I like. I, I guess I like cats. What do you want me to say? This cat's cute as a button. It's not as friendly as Selena, but it was nice having a cat back in the house. Like on Tuesday night, I guess, we were really having a great day. She was hanging out a little more. We were finally getting acclimated. When I left her on Wednesday, I gave her a pick up. I said, I'll see you later. I was looking for Like I came home Tuesday, remember, because we didn't have the, the usual Tuesday show. And so I could have gone out, but I'm like, no, I'm going to go home and play with the cat. So I was getting obsessed again. And then on Wednesday, I went to work and my sister called me as soon as I got there. She goes, yeah, we're, we're here. We're going to get the cat now. And I'm like, what? I don't get to say goodbye. I didn't know you were coming this early. We got home and we'll fall asleep if we don't go there now. So we just want to get it done. And I'm like, but that sucks. And I really, I started to cry at the office. It was so embarrassing. I was so upset. I didn't get to say goodbye. I mean, it's ridiculous. What kind of man acts this way about a cat he met 10 days ago. And one of my friends was like, you should foster a cat. I'm like, how is that going to be helpful? I obviously get too attached to these stupid pets that really are just so they just hate you anyway. Who knows if they even care if you're gone? And yet, I don't know. 
Maybe I'm just so lonely all the time. It was nice having a companion in the house. You know, I like to talk to cats like they, like they, like they're regular people. I don't go like, ooh, look at them. I always go like, now look, you. I've had just about enough out of your, st-, you know, whatever. Later on, when I was filming the next couple of days, like we did the Billy Joel podcast or something else, the cat kept coming into the frame, <laughs> which was hilarious. So I liked that she was getting acclimated and stuff. And then I just realized I can't have another cat again, at least not until, you know, I live with somebody else or something because I can't handle it. I get too attached when they when they leave or when I leave. I think about them when I'm gone. I'm like, I should really get home. I wonder what the cats do. I mean, that's pathetic. I, I guess everybody feels, maybe they don't. Well, I think my brother-in-law stuck too because he wanted the cat back right away. They went to a cat sanctuary while they were out in Hawaii. I'm like, is that... Something you really want to do while you're while you're thinking about your cat all the time? Look at us men worried about our cats. Why would we get so attached to a cat? You can see the love of a dog. How did I become a cat person? I guess just because I got one. That's the way it worked. I guess if I had a dog, it would have been the same thing. Now, Ian, no nonsense. You sit there and don't move. your dog now how about my five thousand bucks no that's not our dog ours was a talking dog it's the talking dog that's silly if he could talk i'd keep him myself well fat boy you got yourself a dog sunday i opened for jeff ross at caroline's as you know caroline's is closing so it was a big to-do. I got there very early. I'm at the show was at 7. I was the host. And Caroline herself was there. And we haven't seen each other in a while. Well, we've seen each other through the years. But I don't know whether you know or whether you don't know. I haven't mentioned it. I don't know. They, Caroline's, they kind of ruined my career. And yet also made my career at the same time. So it's hard to say. But I don't have a career because they ruined it and we got into a scuffle. And I think I've told you this before. I just don't feel like talking about it. And I've, and then we've made up over the years, which is why I've enjoyed playing there again. And have enjoyed talking to Caroline and her boyfriend, husband, whatever he is, Andrew. So it was really nice to see her. She's still really pretty and she's almost 70. She looks terrific. And we must have spoken for like an hour. Because now we're getting all nostalgic, even myself. So they're making a documentary. This guy, Matt, who, by the way, is totally interested. I'm going to start making a TikTok called The Dave Juskow Show, which the opening will be the pretty much the beginning of the Paul Lynn show that you could look up on YouTube anywhere. Just look up the opening. I'm going to pretty much redo that for about 15 seconds. Falling into a pool having my briefcase open and all the papers fly out, all the gags, a great opening song that's crazy, right? And then the show is a 10-second show that can't follow the credits. So the show is just me at the diner reading the paper and the waitress comes up, more coffee? Okay. And that's the end of the, and then the credits go. That's the whole show. But then the next week, we add in another depressed old person, which was Nick Griffin, and then he, we're both reading the paper, and then he clears his throat, and I go, did you say something? No, I, I didn't say anything. 
And then that's the show. And then the third one, we add in a tell. We just keep adding these depressed old men who don't even talk to them at the diner. And that's the show. But the gag is that it, it can't follow these amazing opening credits. So we'll see what happens. But this guy's really into it. He's a great guy. So he's making this documentary or he's filming it, whatever they're going to do with it, about the closing of Caroline. So he was there and he interviewed me for a while and obviously Jeff and all of us and followed us around and was really nice to me because we've known each other for a while. So he was really nice. He taped my set. I did a good job. And also some girls from work came, which was so nice. These new girls I met and they actually showed up. You know, they bought tickets and showed up. They didn't ask for freebies. And they came, and it was a great night, and we had a great time. And then we just hung out, because it was a Sunday. We just hung out after and had a couple of drinks. And it was a really good time, and obviously I'm really glad I did it. So what I found out, though, and this is interesting for us, for Just Gow in the City, even for my class, perhaps. Obviously, I'm obsessed with the movie Working Girl, as well as any of these kind of comedies, but especially something, uh, a movie like that that took place in the 80s. And I think I've been saying for years, and I asked Caroline, you know, when when Harrison Ford and Melanie Griffith meet at that party, at that corporate party, and he's like, oh, I didn't know they let bad girls in here. You know, I'm a head for business and a bod for sin. Anything wrong with that? No, nope, no. Nope. I said, Caroline, whenever I watch that movie, the ending, he walks out, it's the South Street Seaport, and they have a big sign of Caroline's. I'm trying to figure out who is the headliner on that picture that week. And there's just not enough high definition to zoom in and, and see who it is. And she said, well, they filmed the whole thing at Caroline's. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, they filmed that? They did? Because a lot of times in movies, and I guess I'll, I'll probably bring this up in class, they film it where it's supposed to be in New York. They'll film the outside of where you're going, but it's not the place. Perfect example. The Devil Wears Prada. There's a scene. She's running to pick up Miranda, Meryl Streep's steak for lunch. And she's running to Smith and Walensky's, which is on 3rd Avenue in the 50s. When she's walking through the restaurant, it clearly says Quality Meats, which is on 57th and 6th. So the outside is Smith and Walensky's, which it's supposed to be. But if you are from New York and you know the locations, you're like, wait a minute. But they filmed it somewhere else, inside somewhere else. And this happens a lot. So that's what I assume this was. But she told me, no, they filmed that. Now I can't wait to watch that scene again in Caroline's in 1987, 1988. Because she started at a place on the west side in Chelsea, then bought a place down at the South Street Seaport, which was legendary and a great club, really fun. And then combined the two and built this one in Times Square where it has been for the past 30 years or so. I've been looking for you. Why, do you know me? No, no. I promised myself that when I saw you, I would get to know you. You're the first woman I've seen in one of these damn things that dresses like a woman, not like a woman thinks a man would dress if he was a woman. Thank you, I guess. What are you doing here? Actually, I'm looking for someone myself. His name is Jack Trainer. He works at Dewey Stone. Do you know if he's here? Why are you looking for him? Well, because I have a meeting with him tomorrow, and I thought it might be nice to say hello and get a head start. Well, he uh, just left. Hmm. 
I should be going myself. Well, have a drink with me. I can't. What's your name? No, no names. No business cards. No, you must know so-and-so. What is this? No resumes. Let's just meet like human beings for once. Well, it's nice to meet you, whatever your name is, but I really do have to go. Please, please, one drink. Okay, one drink, but I'm buying. Okay, but it's an open bar. Right, I knew that. I meant that if it wasn't, I would be buying. Yeah, uh, tequila gold. Tequila? Yeah. I promised myself that when we met, we'd drink tequila. No Chardonnay, no frog water. Power to the people. Oh, uh. boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> you okay? Mm, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I took a, um, antihistamine before, and it just it's for a nice little bus. Oh. I didn't know they let bad girls into these things. Do I look like I don't belong here? No. Hmm. No, no, I'm sure you're a real ace at whatever it is that you do, do. Damn straight. But how you look. I have a head for business and a bod for sin. Is there anything wrong with that? So that was completely fascinating news for somebody like myself. And you know, now we know a classic rom-com scene was filmed at Caroline. So I, I told her, I was like, well, at least that's historically something. Meanwhile, everybody was asking, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? And I don't think, I mean, think she's a little melancholy about the club, but she definitely doesn't want to open another club. She is going to continue doing the New York Comedy Festival, which she invented. And she's also making a documentary on anti-Semitism. So we were all interested in that, and that's that's a good thing. The modern anti-Semitism is what she says. And when she says modern anti-Semitism, she says, well, it starts in the 1700s. I'm like, no, nah, I know what you're saying. I like it. And that's, uh, well, that'll be totally relevant because I don't know what the hell is going on, but we know every 50 years or so people hate the Jews. I mean, they always hate them, but 50 years or so they bring it up again. Just when we always think we're finished and we're accepted as the people. Somebody brings it back up. Oh, it's been happening for 5,000 years. Yeah, this thing's got to happen every five, ten years ago. Yeah, last one was uh, ten years ago. That's all right. This thing's got to happen every five years or so. It's right out of the Godfather. This thing's got to happen every five, ten years, every uh, ten, fifteen years. I don't know. It's the way it is, but it's been happening for so long, I'm actually always surprised that people are surprised. But I guess when it's in the moment, you get surprised. But let's face it. That's what Passover is all about. And that happened 5,000 years ago. And so you sit there and you're like, let's tell the story again so it doesn't happen again. But it keeps on happening. So maybe we should just get rid of Passover. It's not working. If we never forget 9-11 and we keep saying, let's never forget it. And then it happens again. Should we just forget 9-11? Because it's not working. Never forgetting is not working. Just saying. Ooh, starting off the new year in a big bang controversy. Now I want to get something for Mary. I think I get something in the jewelry department for Mary, huh? Oh, say, boss, do you mind if I do some of my shopping now? No, no, go right ahead, and I'll see you later. Now, let's see, I wonder where the... 
We're the jewelry department. Oh, mister. <laughs> so after Sunday night, I was in such a good mood. I don't think I did anything Monday. I was just so happy to be on an actual vacation. I've been working straight for six months. Unlike working gay when I usually... <laughs> Hello, folks. The Paul Lynn special. And then Tuesday, as I said, I just... You know, there was no show, so I was... Wow, I got a free Tuesday. What should I do? But I just went home and played with the cat. And I was very happy about that. Because oh, I did go to work, which was annoying as hell. Oh, I got pictures. There's not going to be a bonus show this week, but next week there'll be you know double bonus show because I got so many pictures... So many, you know how I always say I get so many pictures and then it turns out to be 10. I'm pretty sure I really do have so many pictures, some videos. So next week, I promise we will make up for the last two weeks of no bonus show. I promise. I'm just not, not, you know, it's like I told you, I would have preferred to do the show a week from today to kind of put everything together, you know, but you don't want to, I don't want to take more than a week off. It's not the right thing to do let alone especially when you are on Patreon. And again, thank you so much for your Patreon patronage. So on Wednesday, I decided, well, I guess I'll, well, especially since, oh no, this must have been, this is the week before. So so on Wednesday was Hanukkah. Right, Sunday was the first night of Hanukkah and I was with Jeff. And then Wednesday was still Hanukkah. So I bought my menorah to the comedy cellar. And... I stopped at my bar and I hung out there for a little bit and then I wasn't sure if I was actually going to be able to light the menorah. At the th- I mean, I don't I don't want to shove Judaism in anybody's face, but the owner is Jewish. It's a Jewish kind of run place. Everybody's, he, I mean, they're comics. But they said it was okay and it's one night a year and I'm just lighting the menorah we just have it there. I suppose you could look at it the opposite way if you do hate Jews. <laughs> but... I just like lighting the menorah with people because that's the only kind of religious thing that I actually still do. So we went and Rachel was there and Memo came and Rachel's friend Lisa was there and she almost, because it was Wednesday, so I was planning on getting punched and maybe kissed because that's my thing now. Um, She punched me a couple times. We didn't kiss because she's married and then fell down. So at least I was with another pretty drunk girl. So that's nice to keep the Wednesday theme going. Uh, Sam Morell was there. We all hung out. I lit the menorah. I got the footage. Natterman was there. It was it was beautiful. Hung out. We're having a great time. I was very happy to be there. It was nice to see everybody. I was drinking, I think, Johnny Walker. And then I remember the bill came for Rachel, and it was $188. And I'm like, what the fuck? She goes, oh, all of Just Gow's drinks must be on here. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, none of my drinks are on here. And she's like, oh, well, I don't know. And then I got my own bill, which was $40. And I said, oh, I don't think I got... I was like, that sounds normal, but I guess I didn't get the discount. And then Steve, I'm sorry, outside Steve was there, too. Well, he was working. And he said, well, you should get the discount because you do the seller show every week. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'll take care of it. And he took care of it, and then the bill was like 22 bucks. Now that's what I'm talking about. And then I gave her 40 anyway. Because that's the right thing to do. Boy, was I happy about that. And I couldn't, I was so happy that I wasn't part of that $188. I'm like, whoa, 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 what the hell? I think I had three drinks. Maybe four. I didn't have any food. 
And then the other day I talked to Rachel. I'm like, how do you explain that bill, by the way? And she goes, oh, yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, but but didn't you want to look at it? I mean, did you get a discount? I mean, was that with the discount? She goes, I don't know. I'm like, well, you should check that kind of stuff. That's a pretty big bill for the comedy seller for a comic. But I guess she was paying for her friend Lisa and obviously Memo. <laughs> but not me. So I couldn't have been happier. I didn't. I mean, I got some of a freebie, but I didn't get a... You know what I'm saying. So that was really funny. And like I said, uh, Lisa fell, so that was fun. And then we went back to my regular bar. I was so happy. Everybody wanted to have another drink before we left. And Sam came, and you know the bar was really excited because the, one of the girls uh, there, Rebecca, loves Sam and loves Rachel. So she was like, oh, my God, my favorite comedians are here, which is exciting. But you know, when you bring people in like that, it's, it's exciting for other people. I don't think of it, I guess, and then then it's good for me all around. And I feel like a, a, a kind of a, well, not a celebrity, but, to, but like a somebody, quote. We had a really nice time. It was really fun, and that was a great night. And the next day, so I got home late. Oh, that's right, and then we went to get pizza afterwards, just a slice of pizza. Yeah, that was a fun night. Oh, and the memo drove us home. Now it's all coming back. So I think I got, remember, I woke up at 5.30 that morning, worked, went out right after work, and I got home around 2 o'clock in the morning. So I was pretty much up for 24 hours. And I guess I took a nap. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I went to sleep. But I decided I'm going to try something. I know I was going to my mom's. I'm going to wake up early. I've never done this before. And I'm going to make the mixture for potato latkes. This is a very Jewy podcast now that I think about it. I apologize if you hate Jews, like a lot of the people do nowadays. Anyway, <laughs> you can't hate Jews if you like comedy. You just can't. So I decided I'm going to make, I've never made potato lockers in my life. My brother-in-law makes them, which is hilarious because he's not Jewish, and he makes them delicious. And my mother used to make them, and uh, her mother before that, and her mother before that. So I looked up a bunch of stuff online. I'm like, am I really going to do this? So I went to the store early in the morning, got potatoes, got onions, some matzo meal, some chicken fat. I'm like, I'm going to do this. We haven't used my mother's kitchen since she moved into this place. And it's one of those horrible electric stoves. So I don't know how that works. And maybe that's what messed it up. So I peel the potatoes and the onions and everything. And I do this all. And I put it in a container with some chicken fat, I guess. Not oil. I probably should have bought oil. But who knows at this point? I didn't know what I was doing. I was taking a chance. And, and I guess maybe I bought a spatula. Because I wasn't sure if she was going to have that. And went to her house. And said, I bought, I'm going to try and make potato lockers here. I've seen my brother-in-law do it before. And I figured I'd just put the mixture in the oil. It's done. Well, I don't know what you got to do. But it didn't work at all. I just kept putting, I kept putting just like pancakes, putting it in the oil. But it wasn't oil. It was chicken, but I saw a recipe. said you could cook it in that. Or chicken, not broth, but like schmaltz. They said you could cook it in that. And my mother had this horrible, disgusting frying pan, but it was still a frying pan nonetheless. And I tried to cook potato latkes while I was at her house and used the break in the kitchen. And it was a disaster. Nothing was cooking. Nothing was staying. It just wasn't the place. And she goes, your pan is too hot. I'm like, no, it's, no, it's got to be hotter. And it turned out later, I talked to my sister about it. She goes, your pan was too hot. I'm like, that's what Rhoda kept saying, but I didn't believe her. <laughs> I guess she does know some stuff, so... I, I guess I I guess I just messed it all up. It tasted okay, but they just came out not lumpy or anything. They were just they just didn't make a potato latke shape or a potato pancake shape. 
it was fun to try and do it. And then, of course, we got to light the candles. So I got to light the candles with a couple of people this year, which was very nice. Because, I mean, I like, you know, I lit them with my cat a couple nights. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to do it with uh, other folks. And then there was a big storm coming, so I left. I usually would hang out on that Thursday because I had nothing to do Friday. I didn't have to record the podcast. And again, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just, I just had no responsibilities on Friday. So it was going to be a complete day off, sleep late, whole thing. And I normally would have hung out in Jersey a little more, but there was a huge storm coming, like a huge one, they said. And it did come. So I wanted to get home in time because obviously that kind of stuff makes you nervous, especially me, apparently being this old, driving at night, having trouble. I mean, come on. What is happening? I think I just need glasses. But I can't deny, I really don't like driving at night <laughs> anymore. I think. I don't know. Maybe just when it when I'm driving in the day and then it turns tonight, I get spooked, which is really odd. So I come back and maybe, I don't know, we had two potato latkes apiece. Uh, it, wasn't, it didn't end well. I didn't make a big batch. So I was pretty hungry. really hadn't eaten all day. And I stopped at Taco Bell like I normally do on Thursday. And when I was on my way home, there's an eyebrow stitching place downstairs in this building that used to be a nail salon. And now it's a, an eyebrow thing. And the guy that runs, it's really weird. I mean, he's not a bad guy, but he's just, you know, a little, a little out there, man. I mean, what man runs an eyebrow stitching place? You know what I'm saying? I got to my block and he, the, him, he was yelling at some guy and he was stopping traffic and he had a stick. And believe me, I wanted to pull out my phone and I was carrying the Taco Bell bag. And I'm like, I got to capture this. But I couldn't do it in time. He had a stick and he was going to hit. He's like, come on. Because so, this guy was yelling at him. I don't know whether he was drunk, but he was holding up the track. It was exciting. I just didn't want to be in the middle holding the Taco Bell bag when people were taking pictures. Because that would have been the worst, <laughs> the worst situation to be in. And it goes on the news and they're like. Apparently, the man with the Taco Bell bag didn't help at all. And it was a scene, you know, like you would see, like they have uh, street footage of if it had gotten bad. And he had a stick and he was like, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Go ahead, hit me with that stick. I will. I will. It was really exciting seeing the store owner with the stick and going after this guy. But it was also terrifying to just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or if you look at it the opposite way, seeing the action at the wrong place at the right time. But nothing happened. And he went back and I talked to him the next day. And I said, what happened? He goes, oh, that guy was like pushing down everybody's signs in the neighborhood. He, he was the problem. I, you're never sure whose side is right. But he and this guy said, finally, he wasn't going to take it anymore. And he went out and tried to beat the guy up. And the guy was just screaming stuff from across the street. He was I don't know who he was, but he was terrifying. And he was obviously drunk or something and just angry. So it was just a bad scene and a scary one, but also very entertaining. But like I said, he stopped the track. The lights were green and nobody could nobody could go yet because this guy was holding up the traffic and it was a scene like you'd see in the movies. It was very exciting. But uh, that guy was, that guy's hilarious. He, the next day I just saw him. He was like, eh, what are you going to do? You know, these things got to happen every five or ten years or so. Last one, ten years. Last since the last one. <laughs> That's all right. This thing's got to happen every five years or so. Oh, and why did I see him that day? Why did I see him the next day? I'll tell you why I saw him the next day. I couldn't even believe this. On Friday night, I'm sitting there minding my own business, right? I slept late. I think I slept till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I think I took, I might have taken a sleeping pill. I'm like, let's go for it all. 
So they never get to sleep anymore. If you think about it, I just and I'm not complaining. I'm, I know everybody's that way. I don't even, but I don't have any kids, so I don't know why I, I can't sleep late. And all my friends sleep until three in the afternoon, so I guess I get a little jealous. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, obviously I have to wake up early, and then Thursday go wake up early to see my mom, and then Friday is the day I can usually sleep late. But I don't like to sleep too late because I like to record the podcast and then do that. And then Saturday and Sunday I work again. I, I got to wake up at seven. So those just aren't Dave Juskow hours. Dave Juskow likes to wake up at like 10 or 11. Even nine is a big day for me. But I slept really late. It was enjoying. I'm watching and I'm like, I'm just, I'm not going out at all. I'm just going to hang out. I'm watching TV. There's an explosion outside, an explosion. And I got footage, folks. There's a goddamn explosion. And I'm like, what the? And then all of a sudden I see these embers. I'm, I'm high up and I see fire. And then I look outside. There's a car on fire right outside my building a goddamn car is on fire and i'm like you gotta be kidding me first thing i'm thinking of it looks like i might we might have to evaluate evacuate because i don't know if that car exploded and then this pile of garbage is on fire and it's spreading fast and i'm like you gotta be kidding me that i got a cat here with me now my sister's gonna kill me if i leave this cat here because i want to go down and see what was happening and then all of a sudden, my neighbors were buzzing the bell again. Uh, not The hot girls weren't. They were on vacation. But my other neighbors, they were buzzing the bell. Like, do you know what's going on? My other neighbors across. It was kind of great because we all got to hang out. I'm like, yeah, no, I just heard that. Let's go down there. So we go. I'm like, should I bring my cat? Because they were bringing their dog. And that was, I was going to be like, oh, you have a dog. Yeah, I've been hearing that dog yapping. I've been trying to, f-. but I, I didn't say. They're really nice. Thank God I have nice neighbors. So. I was like, should I bring the cat? I'm like, do I got to really bring the cat? Do I got to put... And I'm like, no, I'll go down. I'll see what happens. But my, in my mind, I'm like, they're not going to let me back up. This cat is going to burn in this fire. My sister's going to kill me forever. You got to be kidding me. The one time I got another... I got a cat here again because it's happened multiple times when Selena was here where I thought we would have to evacuate because of some ridiculousness that happened outside. It's happened multiple times. Whether it be... Uh, a natural disaster or a fire or explosion of some sort. So I went downstairs, we go to see it, and it was like insane. The fire is sick. But the firemen were here so soon, and they had it put out really quickly. So it was a car that, well, nobody knows what actually happened. But the car exploded, and it was this hoarder's car. She parks in front of the street, in front of the building all the time, with her car packed to the gills with whatever, and then, unfortunately, the car in front of it blew up. And I kept telling everybody, oh, no, that's my car. I par- I finally got a good spot. And that was hilarious because everybody believed me. And then I was like, damn it, I wish it was my car because that, if my car didn't start the fire, oh, I'd be able to get a new car with insurance money. Ugh, but my car safely tucked away in that horrible parking garage. Man, that would be great if uh, that parking garage, I mean, it seems when I show you those pictures, it seems like that parking garage is going to catch on fire any day anyway. <laughs> so I'm hoping for that day. But yeah, the guy in car, I mean, burnt to a crisp like in Star Wars, the original Star Wars, A New Hope, where Luke goes back and his helm is destroyed and you see the charcoal bodies of uh Uncle Ed and Aunt Farouk. You know, Uncle Ed's an asshole anyway. He had it coming, but you feel bad for the lady. But you see their charred skeleton. I mean, that is what it looked like. That that car was destroyed, and I got photos because I went down the next day when it was daylight when, for some reason, it was all still there, and I took pictures, but I feel like the pictures still aren't telling the story. 
So all the neighbors were down there. It was exciting. That's when I saw the guy from the eyebrow place and everybody was talking. It was kind of exciting as long as once we knew everything was going to be safe. But it was freezing cold that day. And that's why it's extra funny or weird that a fire started out. These poor fire guys, when a fire starts when it's that cold. But I guess that happens with people's space heaters. So you just don't expect it to happen on the street. But it's possible somebody threw a cigarette into the garbage. Man, I see people throw cigarette butts into the garbage all the time, and I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? First of all, you throw your cigarette butt in the street, you're an asshole anyway, but we've all done that. I mean, I don't, I don't smoke, but that's what you do. Which That's what you do. It's because you don't want to throw it into the garbage because it'll start a fire. So the street's all full with cigarette butts. And many times I'm riding my bike and I get hit by a cigarette butt by some dickhead who's just throwing it onto the street. I'm making the flicking motion as I'm talking to you. And they, but when you throw it on a pile of garbage, I don't know what you're expecting. So that could have happened, but something could happen with this lady that packed up all this stuff. So all this stuff instantly caught on fire. So it was exciting, but again, I was like really nervous that this, I just was ang- upset about having to evacuate the cat. I'm like the one day I have an animal in the house, this is going to happen. Of course it did. And I went upstairs, and I think at that time I watched Spirited, with Will Farrell and Ryan Reynolds, and I think I had to watch it in four parts because although it was very good, I wasn't thoroughly entertained. But I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the premise. The musical numbers were okay, but I guess I was getting upset that it was a musical at all. And, and you know me, I love musicals, and the music was good, but you don't have real singers. You know, Will Farrell's fine. It would be like me singing, but I'm not a real singer. So if sometimes you want, it's nice when a real singer, there is a major difference. But it was okay. Again, I enjoy any kind of altercation of The Christmas Carol, and I liked what they did. So it was enjoyable, and I think I'd watch it again during that time of the year. Obviously, Will Farrell's really good, and Ryan Reynolds is okay. So it was all right. Marcy recommended it to me. And by the way, Marcy, thank you. Marcy sent me a, a a Dunkin' Donuts gift card for Christmas. That's so kind of you, Marcy. You don't have to do those things. That's very nice. And obviously, that's a great gift because I will be using it. As you know, I spend a lot of money on Dunkin' Donuts just for the door guys downstairs, which, by the way, oh, my God, I got to I had to pay those. I, I haven't paid them all yet. I'm down four. I think I get eight more. I got to pay the garage guys the other day. You can't live here. It's not like the old days where I had to give everybody a hundred bucks a piece because they actually did stuff for you. Now they're just they just they don't even open the door for you. They don't even open the door. But I, I can't give less than fifty dollars and I don't even have that money to give now, and yet what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? You know, you got you got you gotta take care of these guys because it's just polite. I guess. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't I bet you nobody even does that anymore, but I'm old school and I've lived here a long time. So I do the best I can, and I obviously have relationships with a lot of them, so the ones I have relationships with, I give a little more, because that's what you're supposed to do. And that's why it's weird. I think at my company, I usually get, I used to get a bonus, a Christmas bonus, but at my new company, I think they give the bonuses in July, and obviously I started in July, so I didn't get one, and that's what I used to use to pay the door guys. So this is just a disaster, but that doesn't matter. And also, I watched this. I watched a few movies. I watched Matilda the musical because I'd seen the musical on Broadway, and I like, 
I liked the musical Matilda, and I liked the movie with Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. I don't like the casting of Danny. De- well, Danny DeVito, I like, but I could do without Rhea Perlman the rest of my life. But I like that girl Matilda from the movie, movie from the eighties movie, and the girl who plays Miss Honey something or whatever. That's an enjoyable, interesting movie. So I like that. So I thought, well, maybe I'll like this movie. It's made, I think, for Netflix. Emma Thompson plays Miss Trunchbull. I think that's the name I got. I didn't think I was going to like the woman that played Miss Honey, but I did get to like her over the course. But the movie's awful. The movie is not good, and I was not enjoying it. Some of the songs I really like, because this Tim Minchin wrote some good stuff, although I think we made fun of him on another podcast because he did a... I think he did the SpongeBob one, which was awful, but the Matilda one is pretty good. So some of the songs were good. They're just It's just not a good movie. It's a bad movie. You know, for years, they would take musicals that were made on Broadway, even though this is a movie based on... A, a, a musical based on a movie and then a movie on a musical. They do that all the time now, but for years, it was always you'd take hair or Godspell, or Jesus Christ Superstar, then you'd make the movie, and the movies were just awful. And then they, it never worked, like a chorus line, one of the worst movies ever made. I'm trying to think who directed that, and I want to say Mike Nichols, but that can't be right, because I know Michael Douglas was in it, maybe getting them mixed off. Anyway, the chorus line is one of the greatest musicals ever, ever made, ever. Songs are unbelievable, the premise is great, everything about it was great, and it really changed Broadway and the way we know it today. It really changed it. And the movie stinks. And some people just can't get it right. They tried it with Dear Evan Hansen, but mostly for that one, everybody was upset because that guy was already 40 and he was playing an 18-year-old. But this one didn't work either, and I don't know why. This one should have been better. I don't know what had The girl who played Matilda was delightful, so I really don't know what the problem was. Maybe we're just all sick of Matilda and we want to see something new, like Spirited, which is a nice twist on... But again, this wasn't great. I also saw this movie called Every, I think it's called, what is it? Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. I watched that too. I was able to watch a lot of movies this week. It was great. And although I really like, is it Michelle Kwan? Is that her name? She's in Tomorrow Never Dies. She's in Crazy Rich Asians. She's really terrific. And I think she's the lead. And also the kid who plays her husband in it is Short Round from Indiana Jones, The Temple of Joe. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't recognize this guy, but I know his voice a hundred times over. Dr. Jones! Dr. Jones! He doesn't say that in the movie, but I'm like, Wait, where do I know this guy from? I looked it up. It was unbelievable. I didn't. I thought he got out of the business. The, the movie, the, the, the premise... Oh, and Jamie Lee Curtis is really good in it, actually. She's in it, and I didn't know it was her. It took me a while, and she's really good in it, but the movie it just didn't... It works in a second. You're waiting, and you're waiting, and it just... It's a mess. It's, I mean, it's... I should have gone in thinking it was something else. I guess maybe that's the issue. But it is all over the place. But that could be a good thing. I just didn't love it, love it. If you look at it in a different way and you're going to see something, what do you call it, esoteric? I, uh, am I using the right word? It's 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 a message and it's a, about different realities and it's funny and it's got action and it's interesting. And But, oh my God, and that guy... That we, that guy's been around forever. I don't know his name. He's in, I mean, he has played every Asian role since we've all been alive. I just saw him in the Big Bang Theory the other day. Guy was in Big Trouble, Little China. He's in the Golden Chubby. This guy, this guy, you know him when you see him. 
you're like, come on, he's still alive? He's one of the greatest Asian actors of our history. The fact that he's, when he dies, there will definitely be a like, this guy, you know him. But it's amazing, he outlived uh, Barbara Walters, who just died yesterday as I'm recording this, which I was shocked again. I learned about it from the Twitter page, Liza Outlives. That guy, Scott, he's amazing. Oh, no. <laughs> Liza has outlived Barbara Walters. Yeah, I felt, I was, oh, you know how, we all do that. You see somebody die. We have no, I haven't heard about Barbara Walters in a while. I hadn't thought about Barbara Walters in a while. And then when you see they're dead, you know, oh, we all make that sound. Oh, like somehow it affects our lives, but it doesn't. But the fact of the matter is when you look at the news pieces on it and you see things on it, you're like, you know what? I have, Barbara Walters has been in my life a long time. And then, of course, you go. Then you go down the rabbit hole and think, okay, The View. She created this show out of nothing. The serious newswoman created this gossip show out of nothing, and it's still on the air. And then you go back, and you're like, my God, I forgot. Uh, Gilda Ratner used to do an unbelievable imitation of like a legendary Saturday Night Live imitation of her. It was Baba Wawa. Like she was so popular, she was. You know, I iconic I iconicized <laughs> my vocabulary stinks. I gotta be a teacher. She was this wave just through somebody making an imitation out of her for years. You know, there's a lot of people like that, but that's and that was in the seventies. Good evening and welcome to Not for Ladies Only. I'm Barbara Wawa. <laughs> Tonight, we'll be talking to an actual living legend, the incredible Marwina Deutschwend. Thank you. It is great to be here. Marwina, what is it like to be a living legend? It has been a really rich experience. I'm so impressed. You're so wide and slender. How do you stay so swim? So she has been around a long, long time, and it, uh, she was 93. She looked fantastic. I didn't know she was in her 90s. I guess it makes sense. And boy, what a pioneer. I mean, for real, right? Total pioneer just for women in news. Her and they, I think they were saying her and Connie Chung pretty much, but Connie Chung. That's 30 years after Barbara Walters came in, maybe 20. I mean, no, Barbara Walters was the original pioneer taking man's work. Like, uh, I guess you could say, who's that? Phyllis George, right? Phyllis George, I think she was Miss America, was doing sports reporting back in the 70s. She's the only girl, and yet she's never discussed. This is exactly why I'm teaching this damn class. Because you got to give it up to the pioneers. Joan Rivers. Well, they give it up for her. I know it's crazy. Sarah Silverman, I'm telling you, when she dies, people are going to say she was a pioneer. There weren't girls doing comedy. There weren't pretty girls like that doing comedy until Sarah started it. And she hates to know that that's the reason. Of course, she's gone well beyond that. But they just did not have. I know that sounds horribly sexist, but it's just a fact, folks. But she is a pioneer. I mean, there are all these girls that, oh, guess I guess I could do comedy because it was a men's club. As Joan Rivers could tell you a hundred times over. 
how much she got dicked over. This is why sometimes I can't watch this Miss Maisel. I am just like, please, why aren't you just doing a Joan Rivers story? That would be much more entertaining. But that's why I'm doing the class. Amy Heckerling, she's got to be recognized. Making a, a female director in 1982, these kind of things. Barbara Walters, fascinating stuff. Phyllis George, I can't believe I remembered her name. She was so pretty. But she was doing sports commentating. She was in the the the, the studio with the boys. I, I'm pretty sure she was a Miss America. And then she got into sports commentating. No women were, not one. There wasn't one other. In fact, the interesting article would be who was the next one 20 years later. If she was doing it in the 70s with that idiot Jimmy the Greek and all those kind of people, then the next one probably came up in the 90s. And we should talk about that. Somebody should talk about it. I like talking about things like that. Because people that do that kind of stuff, who are the first, fascinating. You really got to go through a lot of steps, especially as a woman. Of course, it's a lot easier when you're really pretty, like Phyllis George. And Barbara Walters was was what you will. And Joan Rivers, you know, they weren't models. And then you really got to work at it. Things come a little bit easier. I, I wonder if Phyllis George wasn't Miss America... Are you going to be able to get a job like that? I don't know. That's why I always like seizing, seeing Susie Colbert on uh, Monday Night Football because she's been at ESPN a long time, and she was definitely one of the first women to be on ESPN. So she's been there a long time. I like that they still have her. They probably still have her there for that exact reason. But she's a delight. Remember that legendary Joe Namath thing she handled? everything. That probably extended her contract another 20 years. Handling a drunken Joe Namath hitting on her on live television. Boy, did she handle that perfectly. I believe uh, everything that anyone else has watched uh, Chad play uh, impresses me. The same thing impresses them. What does it mean to you now when the team is struggling? I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. I want to kiss you. Thanks, Joe. I yeah. think that's a huge compliment. Yeah, you know Joe Namath, part of the four-decade team. If I ever get around this podcast, that's I think that's all I would I gotta say. Susie, you are the you are the one. I don't know. Many people that could have handled that. Are you hitting on me? I mean, even Clarice Sterling. Starling in Silence of the Lambs has to question it when those nerds are hitting on it, when they're looking for when they're looking at the worms. It's like, are you hitting on me? Professor something something or doctor? Yes. Do you like cheeseburgers and beer? Are you hitting on me, doctor? She couldn't even handle it. Come on. <laughs> I like using a movie reference when you're actually talking about real life. That's what I do. This is Dave Juskow, and this is my program, Juskow in the City. hey you. What do you do when you're not detecting agents, darling? Try to be a student, Dr. Pilcher. You ever go out for cheeseburgers and beer? The amusing house wine? Are you hitting on me, doctor? Yes. Anyway, so I, it was wonderful having a day off on Monday, the 26th, which was a national holiday, and having to go back to work on Tuesday. And I got pictures showing me I'm the only one there. I got a picture of that cafeteria. And my friend Chloe, who's there, were the only ones there. It's hilarious. I can't believe they made us come in. I was still angry about it, but not that angry because there was nothing to do. 
and I've still been taking the city bike down there in 20-degree weather because I don't care, and it's actually kind of fun. So I've been loving not taking the... so, And I can get a city bike all the time, the electric ones, because nobody's riding them in the winter, and I want to tell the, call them up and be like, hey, you know, I'm taking these bikes during the winter. I should have special privilege during the summer when there's no bikes. It drives me nuts. Anyway, Wednesday, I went down after work, and I went down to the bar, and I hung out a little bit, and I was very upset about the cat leaving. I did not get to say goodbye. I was very, very upset. So I I was like, let me just stop at the bar. Let me just stop at the bar. I'll have a drink. And that was the right thing to do, boy. That was the right thing to do. I had a couple of beers. And then Rachel called, because I said, uh, or or she said, are you around... Because I'm bringing my aunt to the cellar and she wants to eat. And I'm like, oh, do you want to get sushi? She goes, I think she wants to eat at the cellar. I'm like, eh, all right. I'll stop by, meet your, your aunt, who I've never met. Meanwhile, though, I'll tell you, I'm glad I stopped by this bar because I think I've told you it's always full of NYU professors. So I met this one. He's, what do they call it, a provost? And I was sitting right next to him. I don't know what a provost is, but he was like the vice provost of, of NYU. He's like really high up at NYU. And they've been giving me excellent advice, except for that drunk one. So we were talking about the drunk one because <laughs> I don't know how she teaches. I can't imagine her teaching, which is obviously knowledgeable about everything, but she can also put it together when she has class. And she goes, oh, well, let me tell you about this one. She knows everything there is to know. She's writing a book right now. She knows every, because I always say, wasn't she a little dull? Is she a little dull? Well, you want to talk about dull? This woman, this is so weird because it's like it does explain her. She knows everything there is to know about moss. Like tree, grass, moss. She's writing a book on moss. She's an expert on moss. She teaches history. So this is her hobby. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I didn't think she could get any more dull. But if you were an authority on moss, that pretty much is what you would write in a movie about somebody being the dullest professor <laughs> there was. And the history of moss is quite interesting, you know. I'm gonna when I see her again, I'm gonna ask her, "Hey, could you tell me a little about moss? <laughs> Where do I begin?" I guess our journey would begin uh, around Egypt, uh, let's say 5,000 BC, and the first inklings of moss. I mean, that's. I think I might buy that book though, when it comes out, because <laughs> I don't know why. I want to see if she can make moss interesting, and then I will go attend her class. But anyway, this guy was giving me some really excellent advice. Great guy. So again, aren't I glad I stopped by or went out? As we always say, you go out, things happen. So that was helpful. Then I go in, I meet Rachel's aunt. She's hilarious. I go in, that's when Noam saw me at the cellar. I'm glad I went to the cellar because he goes, Dave, what are you doing for New Year's? Come here, join us for dinner. I was like, thank you. And I was feeling good about last Wednesday, so I was feeling good about going back into the cellar, and you know, because I've been off about that for a while. So I went met Rachel and her aunt, and her aunt was hilarious. She's really Jewish, and she was just like, now what I want, now Sonny, which the waiter comes over and goes, now I want this, and I want it cooked, not crisp, but I want it a little bit moist, and I want it moist, and if it's not moist, I'm going to send it back, your adorable look at you. And she was exactly like that. It was really hilarious, and Rachel was really funny, like she was just staring at me, just like, look at this. I love when I have people in my life that know full well that I'm going to find this funny, that they know me so well that I'll find it. My college roommate used to be like that, too. He was 
really good at introducing me to people that he knew I was going to find as amusing as he did. And there's nothing better than having a friend that knows you that well <laughs> that you're like, well, you got to come here. And I'm like, I don't want to go. Now you, you got to come. <laughs> you got to see this to believe it. <laughs> She's just staring at me laughing because she knows we're going to you know, break this down. I mean, she couldn't have been a nicer and really fun and great, you know, but, you know, a, a character. So that was super fun. And then I think I, I think I walked home. Oh, no, I know what I did. I walked, because everything early. I leave work at 4 o'clock, so it's still early. It was only 8 o'clock, but it feels like 3 in the morning because it gets dark at 4. So I remember I, I, walked, I was walking home, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call um, my friend Lauren, see if she's there, and go to that sushi place maybe uh, underneath her building. And we did. And she had already eaten, and she still wanted to come, and that made me very happy. So I, had a little, uh, sushi. I was like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go home and see the empty house with the cat again. I, I, that was the worst part of my life when my cat died. So I'm not looking forward to that. I'm going to stay out a little bit. It's 8 o'clock at night, and it's my Friday. So I went out, then I walked. Oh, then I took the bike from there because I was walking all over the, you know, I walked a lot. Then I finally took the bike home, and I remember being really excited to be home. I knew I wasn't going to go visit my mom that day on Thursday. Right, because um, because I was opening or I was doing a spot on a tell show on Caroline's the next day. That's what it was, right. So that was the, the plan. So I went to the diner on Thursday. I was like, you know what? And I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I, 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 I got to put class together. I got to do. I got to practice. I got to do all this stuff. I'm like, you know, going to the diner, getting something, having the coffee. That'll fix everything. And I got to say, it did. I got so much accomplished when I got home. Oh, that's right. That's when I did the opening theme song. I came home. I wrote the theme song at the diner. And then I said, I'm just going to do it. And I did it. And I felt productive. I practiced my set a couple times. And then I went not knowing how much time I was going to do or what the story was or if uh, Ian Finance, who has a similar joke to mine, was going to be opening. And he was. But I was nervous that I couldn't do this one joke. But I watched his opening set very carefully to make sure that I could because this joke is really funny and I hate to miss it. And I went there and it was great. I went to the 945 show. So you know how difficult it was for me to leave here at like 730, 8 o'clock. But I did it. And I met outside Steve and I walked him in so we could all be together because I said, don't, don't get a ticket. Just come in with me because Dave loves him too. So it's perfect. He's a guy I don't got to worry about. Because then I was like, I can't take anybody. I, I don't know how Dave's going to react. So Steve's perfect as my date. We went in the dressing room and Ian was there. Caitlin Palufo, who I like now. And I, I do like her husband, Steve Rogers. <laughs> or her fiance. And then Corinne Fisher came in from Guys We Fucked podcast. And we all got along. And then Dave goes, well, who wants to go first? And I know no one's going to raise their hand. Oh, that's right. And that other idiot who I, but now I'm okay with them. I know I had problems with them two summers ago, uh, Daniel Simonson. But I'm polite to everybody because it's, it's me being crazy. They're professionals and I got to relax. And they're nice kids. They just, you know, they're just, they're always running the spots and you can't, it drives me crazy. But that's on me. So, like, who wants to go first? Now, I know Daniel Simonson can't go first. He can't go first. He can't. He can't. And I know Caitlin shouldn't go first because I know she's doing a little bit more time. Ian's hosting the show. So, Karen Fisher, who just came in and he's, Dave goes, do you want to go on? Should have said, oh, I'll go first. But I knew she wasn't going to raise her hand. So, I'm like, Dave, I'll go first. I couldn't care less. And that made everybody happy. 
and I went on. It went okay. It's not like I didn't do it. The, the crowd was stiff. Everybody said the crowd was stiff, but they, they worked. It. I, I don't know. They might have been stiffed all night. I mean, that's a 10 o'clock show. It's New Year's Eve in Times Square. You're drinking all day. That's a tired crowd. Start something at 10 o'clock. That's a tough thing to do, and especially being the first person on. But I did fine. I always judge it like this. Maybe they weren't laughing like they were at Jeff's. The same material, you know what I'm saying? But 10 o'clock at night, I'm basically on about 10, 20, 10, 30 at night, and it's a Thursday, not a Saturday. But when I look in the crowd and I see everybody smiling and paying attention, I know I'm doing okay. Because I've definitely been on stage, as you know, being booed before or watching people not paying attention or hearing them talking in the background, and that did not happen. So then I couldn't have been more thrilled to be off and just, you know, started drinking a little bit. I never got drunk or anything, but it's just hanging out. Then, oh, so... When I was in the green room, I decided to have a beer because I was shaking. I was shaking the whole night. I don't know. I don't know why. I was so nervous, and I don't, I don't know what made because it was the last time. Maybe the thought of going to Times Square around New Year's, maybe a tell. I don't know what it was. I didn't know who was going to be there. I was shaking. I was like, I'm going to have to have a beer, not coffee this time because I was too coffeeed up from the diner anyway. So I had a beer, and then my sister called like, hey, we're outside. Can we get in? I'm like, I can't ask him. There's four of you. If there were two of you, I know I could bring you in. And she was in she was in town. She's like, "Can you come up and say hello?" So I went up and I had to go through the line. You know, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, like Bugs Bunny. And I went outside and I saw her and I saw that girl, Rachel, who I took out one time, another Rachel comedian who told me she had a boyfriend. Remember, she goes, oh, this is my boyfriend. I'm like, that's terrific. She's like, oh, are you going to be there? Oh, I'm going to be there. I'm like, whatever. But she's sweet. So, so, so I saw my sister outside. And then when I went back in, I was going down the banister and my shirt got caught on the banister and it ripped. And that's all I was thinking about the rest of the night. You couldn't see it. It was black. It's fine. But it was just, ugh. And the people are like, sir, your, your shirt is it's stuck. I'm like, and I was just trying to get through all these people and go to the left of where everybody was crowded. I'm like, pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I beg your pardon. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Oh, no, you don't. I'm getting sick and tired of this. Take that and that and that. I never should have got up there, but my sister's not in town that often, and it was fun seeing them outside, and it was a nice night. I didn't have to bring my coat or anything, so and I'm glad I went up, and then I'm glad it was over because then I'd done everything, and then we went out looking for a place to eat again. Oh, that's right, and then so we're sitting there, and Caitlin goes, hey, uh, Rachel's outside. She wants to say hello, and I'm like, oh, okay, and she goes, oh, you were great. I'm like, well, thank you, and and, and why she came after I got off stage and left her boyfriend in the seats, she had a regular seat. I don't know. I, I would have come up after, but I, I, I think she might be a, a schemer or something. I go, do you want to meet Atel? And she goes, well, I, I guess. And I'm like, oh, she's a nice enough. I guess I'll bring her. So I bring her. I'm like, hey, this is Rachel. And she just walks right in the green room and sits down. And I was like, well, I, I didn't know she was going to hang out. So that was weird. Uh, obviously she's nice enough, so it wasn't a problem, but she hung out and she always like, Oh, I'm here with my boyfriend. And of course all single men get angry about that. So they're like, why is she leaving 
her boyfriend just sitting out there alone. You know, so we're all questioning and it's making it awkward. She's not making anything awkward. It's just the situation and how she just walked in. And yeah, I just said, you could meet Atel and then go back to your seat. I, I didn't say it that way, but I thought it was implied. Then she finally left, and then I, later when we were at the diner, Dave goes, well, except for that girl that you put, I'm like, Dave, I'm so, I had no idea she was going <laughs> to. I mean, he didn't care, but it was a little weird, and you have to be respectful of the headliner. I can't just bring in anybody I want over there. It's not cool. It's not polite. It's not respectful. But anyway, then we were going to go out. I saw Russ Maneev, too. He, was, he looked great. We were, everybody was there because it was the last night of Caroline's and it's exciting. I got a picture of me stealing the sea off the th- or pretending to steal the sea. I can't believe that club is closing. So then we went to look for a place to go to eat and around one in the morning and we tried to go to Junior's. Yep, Junior's Cheesecake, which is right next door. And of course, their kitchen was closed. But Dave knew of a diner all the way on like 9th Avenue and 23rd or something and that for some reason that's still open i thought that place had closed because of covid but we went down there and four of us me ian steve and dave and we had a great time just we were so happy that it was open and of course we took a cab and the cab once again this guy was very nice once again these motherfuckers who need to go he didn't put on his machine you know, he didn't start the fair. And Attell even says, I, you know, I'm going to give you something even though you didn't start the fair. Oh, I didn't start the fair? Well, Dave Attell was the one who pointed me out to this scheme like 30 years ago, and he forgot he even invented it. I didn't know about it. I thought they always forgot to put on the fair. During this time of the year in New York City, they won't put on the fair. They want to, they, they, there's so much turnover, they just want to take the money and not charge it to the cab company or whatever they have to pay the cab company. It's a scam, and it just, You'd think it's, oh, that's good, though, because you can pay whatever you want. Yeah, it's still a scam. I don't like it. Those guys are real fishy, and this guy was okay. It was just really, I don't know, like, oh, you know, I'm angry at him about cab drivers. And it was just, and plus the guy was, you know, talking to Steve and, and looking at him, like in the movies that I talk about all the time, where I'm like, just, just pay attention. He's like driving slow. He's talking too much. Pay attention to the road. Now we're angry again about that. Meanwhile, we had a Steve ordered this Philly cheesesteak, and the waiter said, "Oh, that's the best thing on the menu." I'm like, "It is. It was terrific." And then our friend Rena came down, and we had a really pleasant after-show, old-school diner evening. Meanwhile, we're sitting there, and Ian goes, "Do you still talk to Olga?" And I say, "No, no. She did something really horrible." And I don't, and 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 then the the weird part was those guys, uh, Ian and and uh, Dave go out to smoke, and I'm sitting there, and Olga texts me. Remember, I haven't spoken to her in I don't know five six months. She texts me, like I think like they went outside to call her and like, hey, Just Gal's talking bad about you. I'm like, how what? How is that even possible? But she found like a letter I wrote to her a long time ago, and I guess it just it was coincidence. And then I'm like, this is so weird. I had to text her back. I'm like, this is so weird. We were just talking about you. When I left, I walked home from there. I'm like, it was such a nice night. I'm like, I'm going to walk home. I talked to her. She goes, hey, my friend is having a bad time with uh, some guy she fooled around with. Do you want me to merge you guys? We talk. So I talked to these three girls, I guess, about relationships. And you know how I'm fascinated by 
the Orthodox, horrible Jewish community and the way they treat women. So they pretty much kept me company all the way to my house. We were on the phone for an hour and a half. And then right at the end, she's like, oh, how come you and Olga haven't spoken again? And Olga goes, oh, Dave's mad at me. I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm just, you didn't never took responsibility for your action. Just started all over again. And she still won't. She just still won't. She's like, I'm sorry, but I'm like, you're not. You, you still don't realize what you did or the repercussions. And I hung up again. And then I guess we were done again. She just doesn't get it. And you also have to respect it, just sticking to her guns like that. She's blaming this other guy, and it's just weird. But it was a nice way to go home, I guess, that there was somebody to talk to all that time, especially it was 5 in the morning. It was 4 to 5 in the morning. So that was pleasant. I was talking to my niece, Liza, and she said that she was having trouble driving home. They had just come back from Hawaii. She lives in Boston, you know. And she said her friend called her and pretty much talked to her for three hours and kept her awake and company the whole ride home. So, if that's going to be the way it is, then so be it. And then yesterday, my friend uh, Alina called and she goes, uh, hey, we're going out for dinner. Do you want to come? And I'm like, thank you for inviting me, but I think I'm going to stay in. And then I'm like, why am I staying in? No, you know what? I'm going to go out with you guys. Can we get sushi? And she goes, yes. So we did that. Went to the Upper West Side, took the bike, and walked home. Because the weather's been perfect. It stopped being 20 degrees. Now it's 50. It's just going to be raining tonight. That's the only issue. But it's going to be 50 degrees. I prefer it colder. I've been enjoying riding the bike in the freezing cold. Because you have to be a genuine idiot to do that. Especially when you go down to the water. By the Statue of Liberty, it's, it's 10 degrees more freezing. But there is something very exciting and entertaining about that. So anyway, that is everything up till today. And next week, as we continue our 2023 journey on Just Cow in the City, I will talk to you about New Year's Eve, even though we'll be well away from it. But obviously, there's going to be some action. One would hope. New Year's Eve sucks. I hate New Year's Eve. I go out on Mondays and Thursday nights. I don't need to be told that tonight's the party night. You know what I'm talking about. I'm like Miles in Risky Business. You see, Joel, I don't have to pay to get it. I get it anyway. That's Curtis Armstrong, Booger, and Revenge of the Nerds. You know what I'm talking about. That guy was unbelievable. Yeah, I love paying $4 for a hot chocolate. He had the famous line. I have a trigonometry exam tomorrow. and or tri- What did he say? Trigonometry midterm? And I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. He had all the lines. Anyway, I had a wonderful time talking to you today. It is great to be back. Happy New Year, everybody. 2023, as we always say, is totally going to be my year. Oh, man. <laughs> but maybe this year will be different. You have to think that way. Otherwise, there is no reason to continue anything. But we love the podcast. We'll make some interesting changes. I have so many plans in my head that are going to be so... I'm going to be keeping myself busy. Everything is going to work out. You'll see. So join us next week for an all-new edition of the 2023 edition of Just Gow in the City. Happy New Year, everybody, and good night. <laughs>